Welcome to the Insurance Agents and Brokers Podcast. Hi, my name is John Savant. I'm your Government Affairs Director here at IANB. My job is to keep track of all the legislation being proposed in our state legislatures and to advocate on your behalf to make sure that our lawmakers have the interest of independent insurance agents in mind. This week, independent agents from Pennsylvania and Delaware will be making the trip to D.C. for the Big Eyes National Legislative Conference to meet with Congress and discuss several federal issues that are of interest to independent agents, including taxation, privacy, flood and crop insurance, and a new federal proposal to ban non-compete agreements. I'm here to provide a breakdown on each of these important issues, but first, I want to paint a quick picture of the political situation in D.C. right now with two important things that we should consider. First, we are early into the new legislative session, so many of the proposals that we're gonna talk about uh, have yet to be introduced, and your advocacy is gonna lay the groundwork for what is being considered during each of the initial drafts of these bills. Second, is that the majorities in both chambers of Congress are razor thin. In the House of Representatives, Republicans have gained control, but their majority is by just five seats. And in the Senate, Democrats maintain control of the chamber, but it is by just a single seat, 51 to 49. So changing just a few minds on any of these issues can have an enormous impact in what ends up getting passed. So now let's get into some of the issues that we're going to be talking about this year at the NLC. So to start on taxation, we were successful in the past several years of preventing several tax increases. Uh, That includes during the debate on the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, the 2021 Infrastructure Bill. But new increases have been proposed in the administration's 2024 fiscal year budget that amount to about $4 trillion in tax increases. That includes capping or eliminating the 199A deduction, which I'll be discussing more in a moment, uh, raising corporate taxes and capital gains taxes, and expanding the scope of the net investment income tax. With the divided Congress, we're in a stronger position to beat these tax increases as we have in years past, and to even push to strengthen some of the tax breaks for our members. So on that section 199A, Uh, Back in 2017, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act included a provision for small business owners who make more than $315,000 if married and filing jointly. It allows you to deduct 20% of your qualified business income if it's operated as a sole proprietorship, partnership, S-corp, trust, or estate. Uh, Now that's qualified business income, not all business income. Uh, There's a lot that a lot of work that goes into what's considered qualified business income. But the gist of it is that these pass-through businesses account for over half of all business income in the U.S. They employ over half of the American workforce. So since independent agents and brokers are often small business owners, this was a real benefit uh, because it helped to put their tax burden back down to on par with that of you know, larger corporate taxes. So this deduction, the uh, section 199A, is set to expire in 2025, uh, which would mean 
a tax increase on independent agents. Uh, we want to make the deduction permanent, which would be a huge help to independent agents, many of whom who have factored in that 20% deduction into their business plan. Second on the topic of taxation is some proposals to incentivize risk mitigation. Uh, for example, one proposal last session would have created a disaster mitigation tax credit that would, have, would allow homeowners and business owners to write off quarter of the cost of things like strengthening the durability of your roof or elevating your home uh, to reduce potential flood damage. Uh, you would have to live in areas that have had a federally declared natural disaster within the last decade. But this is so important because it helps to bring down the frequency and severity of claims, uh, which in turn can help to lower premiums or perhaps more accurately slow some of the increases that we've been seeing. On to the next issue of data privacy. We've already seen a lot of movement on this topic. So out of North Carolina, House Financial Services Chair Patrick McHenry has introduced legislation. It's already passed out of committee this very early into this session. Uh, so it's a top priority to address. House Energy and Commerce Committee has also shown interest in moving legislation on data privacy. So we've seen the emergence of these data brokers and big tech companies that get access to uh, exorbitant amounts of consumer personal information. And with there is very little regulation on these companies today, which is where a lot of this interest in uh, data privacy comes from. So there's an interest in limiting how these businesses can obtain, use, and share their personal information, interest in giving consumers more control over how their data is used and when it can be sold. So obviously, independent agents, we are not big tech companies. Uh, agents have actually been subject to data privacy regulation for nearly 25 years with the passage of the Graham-Leach-Bliley Act in the 1990s. So that is where these requirements to deliver you know, privacy notices to consumers come from, for example. Patrick McHenry's bill, it's intended to update the uh, Graham-Leach-Bliley Act, the GLBA, uh, which we aren't opposed to, but we've been seeing proposals ranging from simply updating enforcement through state regulators to putting enforcement of insurance privacy into the hands of the Federal Trade Commission, which is something we are very much opposed to. Um, so currently under the GLBA, each regulator has their own role. So banks are handled by banking regulators and the insurance industry is regulated by the state insurance departments. The fear is that under a federal system, under these banking regulators, you're going to see requirements that apply the same standard to all financial businesses, all the way from the largest national banks down to the smallest independent agency. And that's just going to be you know, infeasible for many agents to contend with. So it is so vital to ensure that the uh, state system of insurance regulation continues to be the authority on this issue. The guidance from federal uh, legislation, obviously, like the GLBA. But this system has worked for decades, and you know, as the saying goes, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Another very important proposal on the topic of privacy 
that we are very opposed to is the creation of a federal private right of action for customers to file a civil suit, uh, which is the last thing we need is giving trial lawyers another way to sue the insurance industry and effectively make trial lawyers and judges de facto privacy regulators who can create new regulations through case law and court rulings and very difficult to navigate web of rules to keep track of. So our position is that any new rules on, on data privacy for the insurance industry need to be clear, they need to be consistent, reasonable, uh, they need to be workable with no undue costs to the independent agents and to look at large and small entities differently and in many cases exempt small businesses from most of the requirements as we've seen states do. Additionally, we've seen provisions like requiring you know, agents to reach out to former customers on an annual basis to tell them that they can ask to have their data deleted, uh, which not only is a huge burden to have to do every single year to uh, reach out to all these former customers, but it creates incredible E&O risk. It creates you know, uh, regulatory compliance risk regarding you know, uh, maintaining your records. And most importantly, it really gets into what the core of the independent agency system is based on, which is the ownership of expirations. Our book of business, it's the primary asset of an agency. It's what you sell. Uh, when you sell your agency. So we need to draw a line in the sand here and say that we aren't like these data companies that are selling out consumer data to everyone. In fact, if we were to do so, our book of business immediately would, would become worthless. So not only do we not do it, but we have no reason to. Uh, so we shouldn't be subject to some of the regulations that are being proposed on these huge uh, you know, data brokers and, and social media companies. Next uh, topic is flood insurance. So this has been a long-standing issue. The NFIP is currently tied to federal government funding, which is scheduled to expire at the end of September of this year. Uh, and there's some pros and cons with that. On the plus side, you are not going to see the NFIP expire unless there is a government shutdown, which can happen, but chances aren't that great. On the downside though, uh, it makes it more different to get any sort of re legislative reforms to the program. Uh, so our message to Congress is that we support a long-term reauthorization of, of a modernized NFIP, no more of these three-month, six-month, uh, year-long reauthorizations, uh, but a long-term reauthorization and um, work to increase take-up rates for flood insurance. Uh, because many consumers are underinsured or uninsured and making some reforms that can allow private flood insurance to play a bit, a bit more of a role, uh, which has been a you know, small but growing market. Uh, for a long time, it was difficult to underwrite in the private market for flood insurance, but with all these advances in modeling and underwriting technology, we've seen some uh, market growth in the private flood market in recent years. So one bill that we are strongly in support of is House Resolution 900, uh, which clarifies that private flood insurance can satisfy the NFIP's continuous coverage requirements. So with the 
introduction of risk rating 2.0, a lot of NFIP consumers uh, were going to see premium increases as they went from the old rates to the uh, actuarially sound rates. And so the NFIP implemented something called grandfathering, uh, which creates a sort of glide path towards full risk premium. So rather than a huge increase in a single year, you have uh, several years of capped increases to get you towards those uh, full rates. Um, however, if a policyholder leads the NFIP for a private flood policy, uh, they lose that glide path. So if they ever want to return to the NFIP, they have to immediately go towards paying the full risk rate, which could be thousands of dollars more each year. Next is supporting allowing refunds for unearned premiums for midterm cancellation as long as you, uh, as the consumer, enter the private flood market. And the other important consideration, of course, with flood insurance is that uh, we want to preserve the uh, write-your-own program, so opposing things like reduction to compensation program for carriers, uh, which in turn trickles down to agents, and opposing what FEMA is considering uh, a proposal called the direct-to-consumer program, which would allow consumers to purchase policies directly online without any agent involvement. And this is actually something that when the NFIP was first introduced, the government tried direct sales at the start, and it was a total failure, uh, which is why they turned to the private market. So. And when we go to Congress, we're going to emphasize the importance of agents uh, to the flood insurance program to improving take-up rates. Independent agents generally serve as the first point of contact for a consumer uh, to explain when, why policyholders need flood insurance. So when a policyholder pays off their mortgage and they're no longer required to carry flood insurance, Agents are the ones who speak with the homeowners on the benefits of retaining coverage. So we need to uh, maintain the agency involvement in flood insurance to make sure that uh, we can work towards improving take-up rates. Another issue uh, similar to the NFIP has a long history is crop insurance. So like the NFIP, Farm Bill set to expire at the end of September. We're looking for a five-year extension. Uh, there seems to be some growing consensus on both sides of the aisle that this is one of those must-pass pieces of legislation this year. I think more members of Congress recognize how important farm and crop security is to national security uh, and that you know, realization has been hammered home with the supply chain disruptions that we saw with, uh, with COVID, uh, the uncertain markets we've seen and the risk of food shortages due to things like you know, the war in Ukraine where a huge amount of the global wheat supplies was put at risk. Uh, so we're opposing any cuts to crop insurance. Uh, we wanna provide certainty for farmers, we wanna provide food security for the nation, and we want to, similar to the NFIP, oppose any changes that would weaken the private delivery of crop insurance as well. Last, but certainly not least, I want to bring up a uh, really pressing issue. Back in January, the Federal Trade Commission, or the FTC, issued a what is called a notice of proposed rulemaking that would ban any agreement or contractual term that prevents a person from working in the same field 
after they leave their job. Uh, commonly, this is referred to as a non-compete agreement. So this ban uh, that is being proposed would apply to nearly every context for all types of workers, employees, independent contractors alike, uh, regardless of how much their compensation is. So anyone from you know, the CEO of a company to an hourly worker. And um, there, there is a narrow exemption for people who sell their business if they have more than a 25% ownership stake in it. But the period for submitting public comments on the proposal just closed to the FTC, but we also want to make sure that we bring our concerns to Congress. So we asked them to, uh, we asked the FTC to eliminate that 25% ownership interest threshold for the sale of the business. If you're selling your business, doesn't matter if you own 5, 10, 15%, uh, you shouldn't be able to go and uh, immediately start competing with the people you just sold to. Uh, next, we asked to make it absolutely clear that this does not apply to other agreements like non-disclosure, uh, non-solicitation agreements to protect that book of business. It is not the intent of the rule to apply to those, but uh, it could definitely be made more clear. Additionally, with those other agreements, because these contractual agreements like a non-compete, uh, in order to be enforceable, they require consideration, which is some kind of compensation to get the person to sign the agreement. So uh, an increase in pay or more PTO, it should be made absolutely clear that if you have a non-compete with an employee and you want to replace that agreement because of the ban with one of these other types of uh, agreements, there's no additional consideration that needs to be made. And last, of course, we asked them to not apply this as a blanket ban on non-competes, but to focus on uh, the abuse cases that the FTC is apparently concerned with. So that comment period just closed, and our message to Congress is uh, that the, you know, to reiterate all those issues that I just mentioned, and to also talk about the fact that the FTC doesn't have the statutory authority to issue this kind of rule. Only Congress can enact such a major change to the law, and Congress never granted the FTC the authority to ban these non-competes. So uh, it's important for them to hear both our substantive and our procedural concerns. So that's a lot to cover. Independent agents are going to be making their way to the halls of Congress this week, and I encourage you to keep an eye on the issues, to stay engaged, and to uh, reach out to us here at IANB, find out how you can help us help protect your business if you want to reach out to me, again, my name is John Savon. I'm our Government Affairs Director. You can reach me by email at John S, J-O-H-N, the letter S, at iabforme.com. You can also reach me via my phone at 717-574-8375. Thank you, and uh, stay informed. Insurance Agents and Brokers is the premier resource and champion for independent insurance agencies in Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Delaware. For more information, visit iab4me.com.